everyone, and welcome to the first episode of A Little Greener, a podcast all about nature, conservation, and how we can all live more sustainably. I'm Casey, and I'm here with my co-host, Sarah. Hey, everyone. Thanks for being here with us today. We're so excited to be starting this podcast and so excited to have you all listening to us here with us. Yeah, and today's episode is really going to be all about introductions. So our goals for today are really just to give you a little bit of insight on on what A Little Greener is going to be all about, what you can expect from us each and every week. Uh, we want to introduce you to us a little bit about our journey, our background, how we got to be interested in the in all things nature, how we got to be interested in starting a podcast. And we also want to introduce you this week kind of to the ideas of conservation and sustainability, what that means, what that means to us, and what a little greener even really means. So Casey, do you, do you want to kick us off and maybe give us a little overview of what this podcast is about and why you wanted to start podcasting? Sure. I think that what might be helpful to let you guys know is um, Sarah and I are friends and we've also been co-workers. We're both environmental educators. Um, so we get to talk to people about all of these topics for a living and we are glutton for punishment slash are super passionate about what we do so we wanted to spread it to a little bit of a wider audience so for me i've been thinking about doing things like this for a while i've made some videos on my facebook page just trying to let my little circle of people know little things that they can do to be greener uh, we use greener sort of intentionally because it is pretty vague and because we have pretty wide areas of interest within that realm. So we're going to be talking, I think, about a pretty wide variety of topics. And I'm, I was just really excited when Sarah said, Hey, I want to start a podcast that we <laughs> both happen to have the same idea. And so I'm really uh, happy to be here with such a talented person uh, at environmental educating and really excited to be partnering on this project with you. Thanks, Casey. I, I feel exactly the same way. Honestly, I feel like our journey here in terms of, of podcasting is very similar. I do think that we both really love the field that we're in. We love having the opportunity to share the things that we're interested in, passionate about, and, and think are very important with the people that we interact with in our jobs each and every day. And I think the idea of having a podcast allows us to maybe experience expand our audience a little bit, but also expand on things that we maybe personally and individually are, are interested in. So really being able to take a deep dive each week on a topic of our choosing. And I think that's going to be really fun. Uh, and that's part of what this is for, for me. I think this is going to be something fun. Casey mentioned her, her videos, which are awesome that she's done in the past. I have tried my hand at blogging a couple of times, um, just sort of as a, as a creative outlet and, and a way of, of reaching out a little bit. Um, but I think over this past year with, with COVID, I had the opportunity to do some virtual interviews and, and things like that and found that I really liked this format. It was really fun to sort of engage with people in this way. So I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be a, a good way to learn and grow. Casey is an amazing educator and extremely knowledgeable about a lot of different things. And I, Casey and I also have maybe a little bit different 
vantage points on things and different things that we're passionate about, different specific areas that we're interested in. So I'm excited to learn from Casey and really use this as an opportunity to keep learning and growing and, and challenging myself to be a little greener too. Yeah, we're, we're definitely going to be on a learning journey with you guys. Uh, one of the things we did want to point out is that we don't consider ourselves experts in this field. Uh, with nature and conservation, it is a really broad field. It's like literally everything but but humans and including humans on planet earth that's alive, um, plus a whole bunch of other things and how they interact. So um, in the conservation realm and nature realm, we have a lot of experience um, professionally and just doing our own side projects, passion, being in nature, um, but we don't consider ourselves experts. We expect to make mistakes during this podcast. We expect to then acknowledge our mistakes and make sure that we are learning along with our audience. So we're excited to be engaging with people too. I think that's another part we haven't quite covered. We're excited to maybe form a little community of people who are maybe interested in nature, maybe you know a lot, maybe you don't know a whole lot and you're excited to learn more. We're excited to build a little community of people that we can help be a little bit greener and they can help us be a little greener, like Sarah said. So I'm excited. This is exciting. <laughs> I agree. Absolutely. So we're, we're very happy to be here. We're very happy to be starting, starting this podcast journey. Casey, do you also want to talk a little bit, not just how you got interested in podcasting, but let's go even deeper. So we mentioned that we're in the conservation education field. How did you get here? How did you become interested in nature and conservation and all things green? That's a great question. I think it's both like a long and winding road and also a very straight one in certain ways. Um, I can't remember a time that I wasn't passionate about animals and nature. And I was really blessed to grow up in a family where my parents got us outside a lot and we had opportunities to just my sister and I, and my cousins running around and exploring places just by ourselves that, that were natural and being able to, to feel like little explorers. And I think that passion for nature definitely and animals compounded into being really passionate about making sure that those places and those things could still be around for the future. Um, and really being compassionate towards other animals and other living beings on this planet. So uh, I was initially actually steered out of conservation by my parents when I was going to go to college. They didn't think it was going to be very, uh, at least the the genre that I wanted to go into, which uh, had to do with animals. They, they didn't think it would be profitable enough and the, hey, fair criticism. Um, but I think that a lot of people who find themselves in our field feel that this is a calling to a certain extent that I don't know how not to talk about this. And so I'm really excited that like I get to do this as a job and I'm excited to do this now as a podcast. Um, so my way into conservation education was I got an internship right after college and found that that was my talent. It, it wasn't actually in uh, what I thought it would be. I wanted to be a zookeeper and I think that that's an amazing profession, but it is not what ended up being what my calling was. It, I ended up definitely connecting more to watching people go through the process and change their opinions or to recognize maybe an animal as 
another sentient being and, and really watch that perspective change and, and be able to make an impact. And so that's something I'm really passionate about. And, and that's kind of how I got to the conservation sustainability. And I'm also just kind of a, a knowledge seeker. I enjoy learning new things. And so it's, there's always something more to learn. Uh, so what about you, Sarah? Well, I will, I will answer that question, but I have one more question for you Okay. first, which is just, do you remember when that sort of switch happened? So you talk about growing up being a kid who played in nature. Do you remember when you sort of became aware of, oh, hey, I can make an impact here? Or there are all of these issues happening I mean, my earliest memory is that um, my cousins and I, we had a tree house at our grandparents' house and we had a jar where we were just kind of collecting money and it was our Save the Rainforest fund, which I, I was the oldest cousin. So like I very much felt like I needed to lead where we were going. And that was something I was really passionate about. And so, yeah, we raised not very much money to, to like, you know, buy an acre of the rainforest to save it. And since then, I just, I, I don't, I, it's felt like a part of the fabric of my life. I, I feel like I didn't have the knowledge. That's not something that I think my parents even really had the knowledge to be green. And that, that wasn't necessarily their motivating factor with all the complicated parts of being an adult, but it very quickly became that. And in college, I was, uh, part of our environmental club. And I was also part of our sustainability department, leading people to help everyone on campus reduce their carbon imprint. Um, and so that was also a, a big kind of turning point that I was like, oh, okay, we got it. We can do something and we got to do something. Cool. I, I ask because as you know, I, I feel like my journey was, was maybe a little bit different. And I don't know that I sort of became aware of the conservation side of things until until later in life. So I'm just curious. I, I do. So for me, as a kid, I would say that I was an animal lover much more than a nature lover. And I don't remember much of my childhood at all. <laughs> but, but I do remember I have flashes of memory of going to the zoo my that's that's what we did that was what my family did and my parents and my dad especially instilled that love in me just sort of this appreciation for the animal kingdom and so we we would go to our local zoo all the time we would go on to, to zoos on vacation we have one one vacation that we always talk about where it was seven zoos in six days <laughs> that we did. So I have lots of flashes of memory of, of that and just feeling drawn to and connected to those animals. We also had pets. We couldn't really have cats and dogs when I was younger due to several different issues, but we had lizards. My dad had lizards. We had as many as eight lizards at one time. Okay. And I just... I, <laughs> You didn't what? just have lizards. You had iguanas, had iguanas. which are yeah, big had, lizards. <laughs> they had big lizards. They had their own room in our house for a while. So they were well cared for. My dad did a great, great job researching his pets. But, uh, but I remember what I, that's the, those are the things that I remember. I remember sitting like when we, we brought our, the first one home and I would just sit there and watch it. Uh, so I did just sort of have that natural fascination for animals. And that as, as it seems to do when you're 
a young kid who loves animals to me manifested as I'm going to be a veterinarian. And, and so that is the track that I took for a long time. So my background in school was not at all conservation or environmental related. I did an animal science degree that was really focused on the agriculture side of things. I was pre-vet and applied to and went to vet school for several years and and before I decided ultimately that that was was definitely not my calling and opted to go a, a different route. So I sort of just just grew up with this love of animals and then when I was in college also got an internship that it was I can't remember if it was my second or third choice of an internship uh, at this location my first choices being more animal care and veterinary related but the one that I got was a conservation education internship and it was one of the best things that's ever happened to me I learned so much during that internship not only how to talk to people uh, and how to how to share this type of information effectively but also just about these issues these were it was just something that had not been not been in in my world hadn't been really a focus growing up it, per se and so it, it opened my eyes to a lot of different things and opened my eyes to how we can have an impact both positively and negatively. And so it took me a couple of years of, of figuring things out to ultimately, I did I did go into animal care. I was a zookeeper for a couple of years uh, before I made the switch back to conservation education. And that is, is, as Casey said, that is truly where I felt like I belonged. That felt like the calling to me. There, there is a faith-based aspect for me, the, uh, the, the sort of creation care side of things. So I do feel a responsibility in, in that sense. Um, but again, it, it wasn't something that, that sort of came to me until, until later in life. But uh, I'm, I'm so thankful that it did. And, and here we are about 10 years later now for me in this conservation education field. So I'm excited to be taking it another step further with this podcast. Yeah. Well, that's a little bit about us guys. So uh, stick with us in just a moment. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, some of the topics that we're going to be getting into during this podcast. And we're back, everyone. Uh, we did want to take a moment because we actually had to take a quick editing break because um, Sarah and I, being animal lovers, have many of our own animals that we're uh, here on forward going to be referring to as our mascots. So um, our, one of our mascots, Rue the cat, was just being a little like tail mustache on, in the screen for me. So I um, have to. And there's a dog in the I, back. I, <laughs> I have to say, Casey was the most professional. <laughs> the cat tail was just in her face for for several seconds, and she held it together, and I absolutely did not hold it together. So maybe some of it will make the edit. We'll see. But yeah. yes, you you may you may hear some of our many mascots on occasion make it into the podcast edits. Yes, we hope you enjoy them as much as we do. But there will be errant. Uh, 
barks and meows and and moving of animals during this so and animals moving around like the dog on the bed behind me anyway <laughs> what we want to talk about today um every episode we're going to have kind of a lot of different segments going on but we're always going to have a main body segment where we're going to be going in depth a little bit more with the topic but our topic today is just going to be defining some of those terms that we've been talking about and throwing around uh like it's no big deal but they do have some loaded definitions um so I'm gonna start it out tossing it to you, Sarah. Uh, we've thrown out these words, conservation, sustainability, green. How would you define some of these words and how are they interconnected? Yeah, I think they're they're very heavily interconnected. I don't know that I have great definitions, great personal definitions for them. And I, I was trying to think about this a little bit actually earlier this evening because I think they are words that I use sort of so commonplace now in in my profession that I've I've maybe almost diluted the meanings in my brain. But to me, conservation, very simply, when we're again we're talking about the conservation of nature here, conservation is is purposeful protection is maybe how I would very simply divine it for myself. So whether you're talking about a species or an ecosystem or generally global conservation, that's the simplest way that I, I define it or that it makes sense in my brain is purposeful protection, whatever that entails. So there are maybe many aspects that would go into conservation. So sustainability in my mind is very closely tied to conservation, I would say sustainability is whatever you're, whatever you're talking about, if you are doing something sustainably, you are doing it in a way that doesn't destroy it for future generations, basically. So I, I feel like I want to say that sustainability is one aspect of conservation, but the more I think about it, I feel like almost everything within conservation is tied into sustainability. We have to do things sustainably in order to conserve anything. So they're very tied in. So when I talk about living sustainably, I'm talking about living in a way that is going to support the protection of the natural world. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, th I think so. Um, people are want to live sustainably for different reasons too. So while sustainability for you might be motivated by very much like specific parts of the natural world, for other people, it can be kind of just an ethical choice of not trying to live beyond our means. Um, I think sometimes when we hear the word conservation, like the first thing I do imagine is the Save the Rainforest campaigns. And it feels like it can feel exclusive to the mode of conservation where you basically allocate a plot of land mm -hmm. to protecting pandas or whatever you're right. you're deciding to do but like you pointed out it's purposeful protection um and i would even go a step further in in our current world there are certain species that we're beyond protecting we are now trying to replenish and and reestablish. Um, so there's a lot of different facets to conservation out there. And as you said, sustainability is definitely one part of it. I think it's because so much of our impact on the environment has to do with how we use resources. And so 
if if you look at conservation as if it's just protecting the panda, but you don't acknowledge that it's actually the way that we use our resources on a day-to-day -day basis, um, conservation can feel very foreign to lots of people. I don't think most people identify themselves as conservationists, but by acknowledging that our use of resources impact the natural world, we can make choices to be more sustainable and not destroy it for future generations and in a way become our own conservationists. This is also in concert with things like policy changes that are going to do things to protect wildlife, protecting their uh, trade, protecting their habitats. Um, but I think on a very personal level, sustainability is one of the ways that we can be conservationists um, because we all use resources and we have choices. Yeah, I love that. Uh, actually, that that was another thing that I wanted to to ask about too, or kind of leads into another thing that I wanted to ask about. So I would assume most of you listening got here because you, at the very least, are interested in nature and or have have an interest in the natural natural world. Maybe that means you already have a knowledge base around conservation issues and living sustainably, maybe you're like me and it and it doesn't really that you just sort of grow, grow, grew up thinking, hey, nature's cool, animals are fun, plants are neat, but you haven't really kind of dipped your toe into this conservation sustainability world. I like what you just said, Casey, about sustainability being a way that we can all be conservationists. Why should we? Do you want to talk a little bit about why we should care about conservation? Absolutely. So I, I think uh, I took environmental ethics in college, so I have so many this answers is, to this. This is question. why I like asking Casey <laughs> questions. So um, if you're talking to someone who really doesn't care about nature, they really want to know what the usefulness of nature is. And there are plenty of I don't care about animal reasons to care about conservation. Um, and that is that our natural world really provides us with lots of ecological services that we take for granted. So for example, trees are not just habitat for birds and pandas, as we've been just talking about. Um, <laughs> I love that you chose pandas because that is one that some conservationists will be like, why pandas? You know, there are so many other more ecologically yes. important. <laughs> we can yes. get into that later, though. But yeah, That's yeah, definitely. Episode. Future episode. But, but I mean, yeah, you can look at pandas and be like, what do pandas do for me? Well, let's look at the pandas' habitat. Uh, the trees help absorb carbon dioxide, which helps regulate our climate. Uh, it is an important factor in transpiration to be able to influence how our rainfall patterns interact with different parts of our ecosystem. Also, we found areas that you deforest and even ones that you replace with agriculture are prone to erosion, which causes runoff, which contaminates our waterways. It's all connected and you will be on the the bad end of the deal, basically, if if things go south for all all parts of conservation, we're already feeling the effects of climate change, and we're already feeling what a global pandemic that's caused by wildlife feels like. So we are connected to conservation. Now, that is the answer that I would give to someone who asks, why should I care, but they don't. 
to me, I care about it because everything on planet Earth has inherent value that doesn't need to be justified. I believe that about people. I don't think people need to justify their worth on planet Earth by their productivity or by any particular measure that we can put out there. And I believe that also about the living organisms on planet Earth, that each of them experiences their own lives the, the, in a completely different way that you can't even necessarily conceive of. Mm-hmm. And what a shame to destroy something that we could never truly know the value of of how that being experiences the world. I mean, I think just like diversity is good in thoughts and opinions and, and people and demographics, it's also important in our planet. Uh, filling these different roles and having more diversity makes us a better and more resilient little planet. So that is my little soapbox speech about why conservation is important. Yeah, that and it, I think it was beautifully said, and I don't think that I would have anything to add to it other than to to just echo and sort of restate what you said. I here this is so as you as you listen to us each week, you I think we'll see some areas where Casey and I do have have different backgrounds and have like we said earlier different areas that we are passionate about. He, we I think are exactly the same in this area i think that nature has intrinsic value and there's there's sort of no justification needed for me to feel like it is important to treat the natural world with respect and and uh, do everything that we can to help support the conservation of the natural world but there are those extrinsic values as well that may be helpful to some people and quite simply if you breathe air nature is important to you if you drink water if you (laughs) eat food nature is important to you so i think all of us do need to realize that and and i just i love the idea that i'm going to keep going back to that what you said casey now about sustainability living sustainably being a way that we can all be conservationists. I, I love that so much. And I'm also reminded from what you said of that quote that I think it gets attributed to John Muir a lot, but I think I actually read that it's not true that he said it, but that one where it's like, if you pull on a single thing in nature, you find it connected to the rest of the world. Are you familiar with that quote? It was one of my favorite quotes, and but I think I read that that's not actually what he said somewhere. Uh, but it's a beautiful thought anyway, and and I think it's it's true, and I think that's a nice kind of sum up of why conservation should matter to all of us. So, yeah, and it, and again, it's super broad. So if you don't care about certain parts of it, if it just doesn't strike that chord with you, chances are you'll find something that that does within there. So. All right, Sarah. Well, because we've talked about sustainability, how much responsibility do we have as consumers to live sustainably? This might be one of those areas where you and I have just slightly different areas of of emphasis. Although I I think overall we'd say the same thing. And I, I would say that the biggest impacts are going to be made from changes at the corporate level or or at the governmental level, like those things need to happen. I love talking about what we can all do. So I don't know that it's, we don't want this podcast to be about 
putting pressure on anybody to do things outside of their means or make people feel guilty for not doing things uh, that might be helpful or doing things that might not be the most environmentally friendly thing that they could possibly be doing. That's not what it's all about. We said earlier, we're not perfect. I am, I'm not over here living a zero waste lifestyle. Uh, I'm not over here living a carbon neutral lifestyle, but I do really love the idea that we can all make a difference. So for me, recognizing the role I can play, recognizing the little things that I can do is really important. And I feel like by looking for those little individual changes that I can make in my own life, that helps me it helps sort of build a bridge for me to be able to do bigger things, if that makes sense. And I think that we can also have, have an impact by the little things that we, we do. So I can, I can influence a company by the products that I choose to buy, whether they're more, you know, if, if there's a Rainforest Alliance certified option and I choose to buy that, you know, that's a small individual action that can also help lead to a bigger corporate change. So I think that they are both important and I think that one can help lead to the other. Yeah, I think, I think it's, it's true. I think that's a good answer. And on top of that, I, I really do did want to be very clear-eyed about sustainability. You know, the the litter bug campaign that was started in the 60s and 70s was a way for big corporations to try and take pressure off of them to make any changes by forcing the consumers to take responsibility. Um, and so I want to be really clear-eyed that most of our carbon emissions most of our pollution comes from really large entities that you are not part of. And I really don't want people to feel guilty um, because they can't do everything. And that's especially true because there's a lot of barriers out there to being sustainable, especially for people who are already marginalized. So if you are someone who is not physically able to do something or financially able to do something, or gosh, you just don't have enough time to do it because you're working multiple jobs or you have children or you just have other things that are on top of your mind. It is not your fault that, that the climate is changing. Like you shouldn't feel like that's completely on your shoulders. Well, what I think I wanted to do here is, and, and what we do as environmental educators is to try and take down one of those barriers, which is information. We want everyone to be able to have information and to be able to make those changes, like Sarah said, to be an informed consumer. There's a lot of marketing out there that wants to convince you that certain things are eco-friendly or certain things aren't eco-friendly. Just and, and it's hard to determine what you're looking at. You want to feel good about what you're spending your money on. Um, so we want to help you be more uh, informed consumers to be able to vote with your dollars because just like in democracy, one single vote is not necessarily the election, but it is a, uh, it, it added up together. They are, and we can absolutely sway companies and we can sway elections um, to influence policies and influence these larger entities to make these changes. But even on that smaller level, that ripple effect, being able to, let's say you have family over and you decide to make a vegetarian meal, 
maybe the rest of your family is not vegetarian, but you've just shown them that you can have a very good meal that's that's without meat. I grew up eating meat every meal. That's not necessarily something that would have ever occurred to me, but with having that little influence on your little social bubble can then expand outwards and help normalize sustainability. It's not just, you know, hippies. It's, it's something that we can all do um, that we're, you know, we're not caricatures. Everybody can be sustainable. Everyone can be a conservationist and we really need as many people as we can to be doing those little things because it's going to add up to a big impact. Absolutely. That is, yeah, that's a great perspective. I, I, I agree with all of that. I guess one last thing to add in is that for me, living sustainably is a way to live my values. Um, it just like when you are practicing, you know, faith-based practices and exercises, it's about living at certain sets of values. And this is a way for me to walk the talk basically to make sure that I'm, I'm treating the whole world with kindness because we're connected to everything. So um, that's, that's another motivating factor. I think that you can also put into sustainability. Awesome. So one last thing before we wrap up kind of our main discussion for this week, we talked about conservation. We talked about sustainability. Our podcast is called a little greener. We didn't really mention <laughs> what, what we mean by that so much. So Casey, when you're talking about being green, what does being green mean? Uh, being green's a state of mind, man, right. you know, <laughs> but, but, uh, I mean, again, we kept this intentionally vague because we wanted to cover a really big wide range of topics, but also, um, we just covered some kind of actionable things, but also being green is being in nature and appreciating nature. And so we're also going to be hopefully advocating for you to spend some time. It's good for you <laughs> to be out in nature, experiencing the world, getting a little bit more connected. And that's, I think, rounds out for me what being greener is. It's sustainable, it's, it's, uh, it's conservation, and then it's also being in nature. And Sarah, I know that's a really important aspect yes, to you. Absolutely. Too. I, again, I agree with all of that 100%. So being green is living sustainably. Being green is having an appreciation for the natural world. So I'm excited to to dive into that in future weeks. So stay tuned and for just another minute and we'll we'll give you a sneak peek of that. So uh, tell you a little bit about what you can expect in the weeks to come. everyone. Thank you so much for joining us for our first episode of A Little Greener. We're so excited to be going on this journey for with you and we hope that you come back and listen to us in future weeks and we want to give you just a little bit of a glimpse of what you can expect in weeks to come. So Casey and I have a, a lot of different specific interests and things that we're passionate about, things that we're interested in learning more about ourselves. So Casey, do you want to maybe touch on a couple of topics that folks can expect coming up from us down the line? Yeah, each episode is going to have a couple different segments to it, but each of them will have a main body where we go in a little bit deeper into some sort of topic in the realm of what we just, what we just talked about. So things like uh, nature deficit disorder, feeding backyard birds safely, uh, 
certification systems uh, for wood and seafood and all sorts of different things. We have a wide range of topics that we're excited to share with you. Yeah, absolutely. So some weeks it might be a discussion just like this. Some weeks we might have guest speakers coming on. Some weeks might be a little more Q&A focused. Some weeks might be animal species profiles that we're particularly excited about. So all different kinds of things that you can expect from us in the future. In addition to those bigger topics, we'll have some other segments for you as well. So we're going to be doing kind of a review and recommendation for all things nature related. So that might be a show, that might be a book, that might be a product that we've found, a place that we've gone, some an activity that we've tried. So we'll be sharing all of those with you. You. We'll also be kind of closing out our weeks with a little bit of an action or a challenge or a way that you might be able to take a step forward on your journey to live a little greener. But our, our action for this week is, is maybe going to be a little bit different. Casey, do you want to give, give them their, their action for the week? Yes, we're going to be a little bit self-serving here. We're going to ask for your action to you to subscribe to this podcast so that it automatically comes up into your feed every week when we come up with a new episode. Uh, and hey, bonus points. If you want to follow us on social media, you can find us at a little greener pod on Instagram. It's going to have that same green leaf uh, icon that you can look for, or you can follow us on Facebook at a little, little greener podcast as well. Yeah, we really appreciate your support. We look forward to continuing on with you week by week. And, and also if you follow us on those social media sites, feel free to, to leave a comment, let us know, let us know what you want to hear from us. And we'll try to take that into account for future weeks as well. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week for a little greener. Bye.